I'm Derek. We're play cousins. Not related. Not whatsoever. At all. But we have pretty dope conversations. And great text messages. And we think you should be a part of this conversation. We not the text you. messages. Uncle Derek wants you. What? Uncle that Derek. sounds perverted. <laughs> Anywho, so this is our podcast. Ours. And we're very excited to have guests Ooh. on, mm-hmm. not today, but on other days. other days. We will have guests and we will talk about how politics is intertwined uh, in, in everything. Every single thing that we do. From the lights on the street to, I don't know. The shoes else. on your feet. On your feet, yeah. I was trying to rise, I was going to say hose in the street. But, this, <laughs> but, this, but this will be fun. <laughs> because... When folks say that I'm not political or when they say I don't get involved in politics. I don't vote because it doesn't matter anyway. Politics is involved with you whether you're involved with it or not. You know, I once worked for somebody who lost by one vote. Wow. Yeah, one vote. Do I know that person? Yeah, you do. Well. Yeah, you do. He lost by one vote. And the funny thing is when he ran again and I worked for him, everybody who called up there says, you know, I feel really bad. I didn't vote that day. I'm all, yeah, it was your fault. All 30 of you called and said that within an hour. You know, that was your fault. I remember um, we were stomping for a particular congressional candidate, and we were just going out and talking to different businesses. And there were some young folks there saying, oh, but I did vote. I just voted. I did that last year. Like, well, that was like two years ago, actually. Right. But And because it's a midterms. Like, this is 2022, and 2022 is a midterm year. And midterms are notoriously hard to get people to turn out because it's not a presidential election. Yeah, you know, and we're... This is this especially is an important midterm because we are so on the brink of democracy just being disappeared on us. Oh, my God. So did you see that in Florida, yeah. if you say the word gay, I don't know if, it, if I'm going to get fine now. Stuff. <laughs> but apparently it's offensive. And I don't know if it's just in schools or if it's or if everywhere. It's in, if it's just in but the right wing's mind. But it's called the don't say gay. Don't say gay. You know. The whole thing about Florida and Texas and all these right-wing states, they are distracting people from the real. You know, they're distracting people from the fact that corporations are taking over. They're distracting people from the fact that we're aligning ourselves with people like Putin. And they come up with this gay stuff and this black stuff. And it's all just a distraction from the real stuff, which is them being corrupt and just horrible people on the right. And then you and they disguise it as being an educational bill. Like it's a bill. It's a parental rights and education bill. It's also known as don't say gay. But uh, basically under the bill, educators would not be allowed to speak to primary school students about certain LGBTQ plus topics that are not considered age appropriately appropriate or developmentally uh, appropriate for students. This is all about getting but rid of Bert But what does that Murray. mean? Like what? Because I'm trying to figure out like what exactly would they be that, teaching? That means that no, that means that you're never going to say anything that isn't white and Christian. That's just that's because that mean does that mean that you can't mention that a Bayard Rustin nope. who was gay nope. worked alongside Dr. Martin Luther King? You have hit the you have hit the double factor. You have you have mentioned gays and black people in the same sentence, and no, you can't do that no more. And now you've made people uncomfortable. Right, right, because you know what's most important in this world right now. Because that's the race law. Yeah, making sure that the little white kids aren't uncomfortable. That's that's the most important thing we go through right now. And I'm like this: What are you so worried about? What would what would make them uncomfortable? What, what, what's, what are you shielding them from? Go ahead, tell us. What do white people do that you think is going to make them American history. Yeah, okay. So, we'll, so you, in other words, you know it's wrong. You know it's evil. And yet, you don't, wanna, you don't want your kids to find it out, but you know it. 
So what, in two generations, we wipe out everything? I mean, I feel as though we are headed into a place very similar to um, Russia or Mm -hmm. other places where people are oppressed and not able to actually have free speech. Because that's the part I can't really understand is like, how do we have the main constitution of the United States talks about free speech? And even people are even allowed to like spew hate all the time. Speaking of which, changing subjects just a little bit, our governor here in Nevada, Uh. Steve Sisolak, went out to eat with his family. I'm not sure who all was there, but a person came up. Yeah, I think his daughter was there too. She got there afterwards. Is that what happened? And so uh, they're in this Mexican restaurant in Las Vegas, and it looks like some guy comes up to want to take a picture with him, and he has his arm around the governor. Yeah, and then he just starts calling him all sorts of names and and tell him he's a traitor, and he can't believe. And then went off on his wife. And then he's like, I can't believe you're here without security. He said that so many times in such yeah, a threatening yeah, way. Yeah. And I don't, I couldn't believe he's there without security. People should know um, how they're perceived. We're and not that type of state. We weren't. We weren't until Trump. We were not that type of state. But now we are. Are we though? I mean, if we are, then we've given in to Trump and those people. Quite possibly. I mean, no one wants to give in to um, him or, or his followers. His cult members. But... At the same time, you have to be protective of your family. And yeah. I look at it as Steve Sisolak, who is our governor, is a white man married to an Asian woman yeah. who is an American citizen and all of that. But she is still an Asian woman, which puts her she's in the line of fire. She's more American than most people. She's oh, born yeah, yeah, in yeah. Eli. Yes. Ely. <laughs> or Ely. It's whatever. Ely. Whatever. But there is no more American place than Ely if you true. just talk about yeah. hard scrabble. Yeah, that's very true. But she's still an Asian woman. Who yeah. would be a target, especially during COVID, when people seem to want to blame because Asians of Trump, for it, right? Because of Trump, and I think that there's a responsibility, especially when you are in interracial yeah, or he inter-ethnic. Needs to not be such a white guy. You have to protect <clears throat> your family because what I saw from that video is that she knew what was happening, and mm-hmm. she was she had to hustle color. on. And, you know, I think at one point she put her hands on that dude because, (laughs) you know, like, get out of my way. And I felt like the governor looked a little like dumbstruck a little bit, like he couldn't believe this was happening. Because he's white. And he wasn't reacting as quickly as I want a man who's trying to protect his wife Mm -hmm. and his wife who is uh, not white and make sure that she is extra protected. Because as a black woman, I need to be extra protected from these, quote unquote, patriots. Yeah. No, I definitely think that he was on white rise autopilot <clears throat> in the sense that um, he just doesn't understand. Most, I think, how do I put this without sounding like really wrong? But You're going to sound like I'm going to sound wrong. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, I just think that most white people who are not racist don't, uh, they go through life like, like with, with, I don't know, like marshmallows surrounding them. Like they don't get just how bad things are and how bad people are. And they don't get that, yeah, if you're an interracial couple, there's people looking at you with daggers and just wanting to take you out. And I think that uh, poor Steve Stislak uh, say a lot of things, but I don't think he's a bad person. And I don't think that, no. he, I don't think that he has the bad person uh, radar. Hmm. You know? But this is why you carry security, so they can have yeah, that bad yeah. person radar. But it's so sad because this is Nevada and... You know, we're so used to just walking up to our politicians. We see people. How many times have I run into politicians at Walmart? And they're like, don't you didn't see me here. (laughs) 
Well, I don't go to Walmart, so I know you don't. I ain't seen I do. none of them there. I do. <laughs> it was after twelve too. <laughs> but you know, back to you yeah. know how all of this is interconnected is you have folks creating these bills in these other mm-hmm. states. That is a is usually uh, some sort of domino effect because then they happen in other states. It's Florida and Texas, and then we call them out. But then it'll happen in smaller it's, pockets. It's, it's not a domino effect, Erica. It is not. It is a concerted efforts by certain think tanks. They deliver these bills to these people around the country. They're all the same bills. They change a few things. They're pre-written, and it, it's mm-hmm. been going on forever, and it's always the right wing, and it's sad. It's really sad because it's not a generic thing. It's not a um, grassroots thing. It's not an organic thing. It is It is done by people. Oh, no, people. I don't think it's grassroots at all. I know that yeah. it's well-coordinated, and that's the one thing that the right seems to always have on yeah. the left is their coordination. It's like they're synchronized swimmers over there. Yeah, right, right, right. How do they do that? Have you ever thought about that? Like, my, <laughs> my oldest was a synchronized swimmer. Really? Mm-hmm, very good. She had arms like Angela Bassett when she was like eight. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she could her. swim upside down and do the little. No way. Mm-hmm. She still can. You should ask her sometime. Uh, I should. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. It's very expensive. It's not. It's not really a sport for black girls. The, the uh, amount of time you spend in the water, in the water upside down. and you know you wear swim caps when you're doing the uh, practices, mm-hmm. but the actual performances, and they they use this, they use Jello basically in yeah. your hair. It's actual gelatin, just the plain with not the so, flavor. So it doesn't look all. So it and it's you know, slick it up to get in those buns, and then it's like waterproof. But to get it out was the most terrible thing I ever went through, and especially trying to get it out of um, our hair and what the amount of curl. What was her hair do like? Because I know what the. It was a bun. It was up in a bun, uh, but she used gelatin to slick it up like gel, so it's hard like a helmet. They need to be more modern in their hairstyles. And then when you get it, you have to put hot water on it to get it out, but then it just got all white yeah. and just crumbly, and it was just like picking it out I'm little by little. Fascinated by synchronized swimmers, because I can't. You know, if you put me in the middle of a pool, I go down. I just think. That's because you're like the chunk dunk. <laughs> chunk dunker. <laughs> On to the next. When I wake up in the morning, love. So. This podcast has really been in the making what for what feels like 50 years. years. <laughs> Probably. I'm not, I haven't been on this earth that long. I have. But, you know, it's certainly been brewing in your head yeah, for a very forever. long time. So you know how long it's been brewing? Hmm. Since I was a little kid. Since I You saw, wanted a podcast as a little kid? They I, had podcasts in the 30s? I invented it. <laughs> <laughs> and now, coming worldwide, the first ever podcast with Derek Washington. Yeah. Um, no, ever since I was a little kid, I would see... Um, Johnny Carson and Dick Cavett and uh, Charlie Rose. And Dick Cavett asked weird questions. Dick Cavett is weird. I mean, there's little outfits and stuff. I would watch. I'll watch it on um, YouTube. Uh, I watch old uh, interviews of people, which I find interesting. But he was a weirdo. You will have Muhammad Ali, John Lennon, and Yoko Ono, and, and you know, Kreskin, the magic magician. You know, like all in one. And, and, and it's so good. But, yeah, I've wanted to have a talk show since I was a little kid. And then Ricky Lake came along, Jenny Jones. Like, I've been there for it. I've been there, like, you know, I love talk shows. Wendy Williams, I, I just love talk shows. So, you know, when podcasts came along, I thought, okay, this is perfect, you know? So so it's a talk show, sure. Talk show, yeah. But I feel like I don't, I really didn't think of us as a talk show. Really? I guess we're talking, but I don't know. I don't 
I don't fancy myself a Jenny Jones or a Sally Jesse Raphael. When we have a real, yeah, right? When we get an audience, you will. I, I can't wait to see you go up and down the aisles with that microphone. <laughs> like Donahue. <laughs> right, right, right. So you're a transgender vestite? What? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Donahue shows are very funny. I feel like that's what kids are missing nowadays. When they stay home, you didn't have to just watch Donahue <laughs> and Young and the Restless. Like, right. you're actually watching your own shows. Right, right, It's like, right. no, that's not what's possible. What comes on in the daytime is what is came <laughs> on in the daytime, period. <laughs> I remember at 3 o'clock, it would be the afternoon classic movies, and that's where I saw all my black and white movies. Or oh, you get the after school special come <laughs> on at 4. And today on Blossom, a very special episode. <laughs> It's about bulimia. <laughs> right. Because everybody had it. Yeah. No, but I think you're right, though. This has been a long time coming. And, you know, we were lucky in that, you know, I'm going to say her name, Judith Whitmer, thought it was a good idea. And said, Thanks, Judith. Thanks, Judith. We love you. And yeah. then we got this great producer, Brenda. Who Brenda Squeegee Zamora. <laughs> who is helping us with all the production because um she's doing it she's not helping us she's doing it because i sit over here like i don't know what she's doing well you are a lot to handle yeah so you know good for you brenda <laughs> brava brenda we be some more <laughs> so i want people to know what to expect we're going to interview some really dope people yeah. both local nevadans since we are based in las vegas, las vegas which is the entertainment capital of the world Viva las vegas but we are also just a um sometimes i feel like forgotten city in the desert when it we, comes to outside we're still of the a flyover mm -hmm. we're still a flyover and you know las vegas is the number four place for people to move in the country so we're right not now yeah right. they're predicting in two years we're gonna be number two so buy something now people <laughs> We're number 49 in the school district. Yeah. Hey, we'll be beating Mississippi. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, that's so weird, too, because education just doesn't matter here. You know, there's, there's that myth that you could, like, make $100,000 just opening doors. Uh, used to. Used to. And then they... Valleying cars. Right. And then they invented um, automatic door openers. And that took out people. <laughs> like, the, when was the last time you saw a doorman? Right. That's true. Yeah. There's no doormans. There's no one to uh, pump my gas either. Mm -mm. Well, there hasn't been anyone to pump your gas since the 20s. Like, you need to stop. <laughs> when have you ever had your gas pumped? I'm pretty sure I have before. No, you haven't. <laughs> you haven't. My yeah. husband pumps my gas. There you go. You got a built-in person to pump your gas. So you not to pull up and go, well, we hey, Johnny, you just, what do you call those jerks? No. <laughs> those yeah, no, I just jerks. want to pull up and hand out the money and be like, fill her up. You're the bee's knees, ma'am. I'll do that right away. <laughs> When did this ever happen? It used to happen. <laughs> it used to happen. I really, really enjoyed when people would do things for me. That's my love language. Do things for me so I don't have to do them. But when I say that, everybody gets on me about it. Like, <laughs> But that's because you do it in such a condescending way. I, uh. <laughs> Just saying. So we're going to have guests on. Guest. We're going to talk to them about whatever they have going on in their lives. Their and lives. somehow or another, it's going to be connected to politics. Why? Because politics is everything. And it's in everything. In everything. You know, elections have consequences, people. And it's in you. <laughs> so. You said in you. <laughs> why are you such a child? Because I am. I'm young at heart. So what are you watching? Oh, okay. You want to know what I'm watching? Mm. I went into a deep dive of The Flying Nun. Sally Fields, America's Sweethearts. You like me? You really like From me? From 1960s. Yeah, or like 67, yeah. So it was a show, because uh -huh. I don't think I've actually ever seen it. <gasps> I don't think I've seen it. That's and I 
I don't think so. I may have. Because I used to watch like Beach Blanket Bingo. Beach Blanket Bingo. Those are my and, favorite movies. And I used to love Coachella. those. With Yes. I, that, I'd watch all of those. And so I've seen some Sally Field younger stuff. But uh-huh. then I think of, I go straight to the late like, 70s when she was a uh, normal Ray. Oh, Norma Ray. Wow. Well, no, when she was in with when she was with Burt Reynolds. That's when she got all sexy. I shouldn't say sorry. Sexy. She was sexy. Okay, there's a difference between sexy and slutty. Not really. And but I yeah. can't look at her and think slutty ever. Because she's, she's so America's cute. grandma. She's cute. Really? I don't even think of her that. I still think I, of her. Yeah, she's still, well. She's still pretty. Um, she's cute. Yes. She's bubbly. Still cute. Yeah. Um, no. The fl- okay. So for those who don't know, the Flying Nun is about Sister Betrill. Sister Betrill is a uh, nun in Puerto Rico, which has all sorts of political implications here. So she's a nun. She's white. She's a white nun in Puerto Rico. And it's funny because this show is set in Puerto Rico, and there's only one person on the show who's brownish. Two. One is the, the main male character, and then there's a like extra nun who is also Puerto Rican probably, uh, or with dark makeup. But Sister Betrill is a um, nun who weighs about 98 pounds. And it's back when the nuns had those big wing hats. They look like pelicans. And so when the wind gets going, she flies. That's the whole show. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I'm watching Please. 1888. What is which, that? 1888, it has Faith Hill and um, Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw? Really? Yeah, that's his name. Her that's husband. Her yes, her husband. Uh, and then that one guy who's played every cowboy ever, Sam Elliott. With the oh, big mustache yeah, yeah, yeah. that goes down over his bottom lip right, too. I don't right, know right. how you actually eat. He, yeah, he um, but yeah, he he's in it and a couple other people. I don't know, but it's set in eighteen eighty eight, obviously, and it's about you know folks trying to get from Texas to Oregon. Basically, it's the Oregon Trail, uh-huh. and and then you know all the trials and tribulations that happen along the way. Are there any black people? Yes, no. there are some black people. There are some other others, gypsies and what have you, because it's a long caravan of folks, mm-hmm. and most of them are Slavic or from Germany or right. somewhere, and they don't know anything about anything when it comes to uh, traveling across the great American plains yeah. or what have you. And so a lot of them die, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the Oregon Trail. Somebody's gonna get dysentery. Someone's gonna get bit by a rattlesnake. And I don't they know. Have babies. You know, that's what. Have you ever seen? Because the... it takes like four or six months to get there. Yeah. So there's a lot of time to, you know. Yeah. But then everybody has to be sort of dirty. Yeah. Can you imagine what they smell like? No. No. Anyway, no. let's right. move on. Derek. And I'm a play cousin to play this cousins. man, but I am not related to him. She wishes. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> I know. I know. You just reminded me. God, I wish I was really related to Derek. I know that it happens. So, you know, when I was little um, and I grew up on the west side of Detroit and Detroit. we had a lot of folks who just hung out outside. You sat on the porch. My grandparents, they sat on the porch. You wave at everybody going by. Somebody come by and stand on the porch with you, and they're talking about whatever's going on in the neighborhood, what knucklehead did what, who got arrested, you know, who passed away, yada, yada, yada. And, um, you know, I don't see that here in Vegas. We don't really have a lot of porches. They don't have, por- they don't have stoops. No? They don't well, have stoops. And stoops, I guess that's really East Coast. Well, you know, unlike Erica, I did not grow up in Four Mile, Detroit. I grew up on the south side of Chicago. Seven Mile. Okay, whatever. Um, yeah, but the same thing. And the, the, the stoop is where you needed to be before the streetlights came on. And, yeah, it was sort of like the, the gathering spot 
for the neighborhood. You pretty much could find out everything you needed to know out front. It's like home base. Yeah, yeah, home base, definitely. But, um, you know, I'm not one to gossip. <laughs> so our version of the stoop is, is just talking, you know, Talking the messy stuff. We all love messy, you know. You get involved in life, and you don't have to. You don't I think take you time. You love to, it more than others. I love messy. I, I am messy. I'm, I'm the personification of messy. He's so messy. I'm messy, and I think that it's it's fun to have a messy segment because with these podcasts and radio shows and everything, people get so serious. Well, sometimes there's just great stories out there that are just messy, and you can go, oh, hey, messy. <laughs> Some will be a messy now. We'll be messy now. You know, I have a messy story. What? Okay. So there's this woman, and she says, I hated my tiny boobs, so I begged strangers to fund surgery. People shame me, but I love my new look. So she did a GoFundMe? <laughs> she to did get a GoFundMe for her boobies. <laughs> I personally am a fan. I think you should. Like, I mean, if you want, if you want new boobs and get new boobs, so why would you crowdsource? And why would someone donate for it? Well, that's the part I you didn't get. You get a prize or something? Yeah, I don't know. She, she didn't do anything. Like, you get to see them first, nothing like that. I don't... <laughs> You could see them. <laughs> I really don't understand. You can't get me to send a white woman money so she can get boobies and I can't see them. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I just don't understand why that. There's just so many things happening in the world but that she, you could donate money to that might actually help someone's life. She it did help her life. She's very happy with her. Yeah, new we, are talk, we are talking to her. We're talking about <laughs> right, her right, right now. My problem is that she didn't get it big enough. She just got like B cups. What's the point? Anything else happening in the studio? Because that just sounds really <laughs> ridiculous. Well, especially but, for a gay man. Gay men love boobies. We love boobies. I feel like that's a t-shirt. <laughs> gay men love boobies. Um, Kimora Lee Simmons. She's messy. How do you know? Well, she's got yet another husband with yet another baby, and he's going or he's involved in a multi-billion-dollar scam. And I thought they separated. Well, they did, but not before he took her down that road. They're saying that he put all of his assets in her name, billions of dollars, so he wouldn't get in trouble. But get this. So they were going to use the, you know, the wife can't be compelled to, um, to talk against her they husband. Testify. Uh -huh. Yeah. Get this. Turns out when he married her, he had forged the divorce documents from his former wife. Yes. What do you mean? <laughs> so he wasn't? He copied and pasted divorce documents and did all of the writing in them. What kind of messy nonsense is that? What what and what did that cause to happen? Well, he got married to her, but she's saying that she doesn't have to be compelled to testify. But now they're saying, well, you weren't really married. Ah, see, there's so he wasn't really divorced, right? He's a bigamist. Wow. She has a she has a tendency. She though. knows how to pick him, right? You know, Russell was sort of crazy. Well, then that well, I know African, Oprah don't like him. Oh, well, if Oprah don't like you. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. You said, like, I'm the Medea for religious people? What? <laughs> oh, I saw a meme, because you know there's a new uh, Tyler Perry movie, a new Medea movie that just came out. I think it's on Netflix. I haven't seen it yet. But uh, someone posted on Facebook. One of our mutual friends actually posted on Facebook that uh, Medea is the RuPaul for Christians. That's it. <laughs> You know and what, I think that's so freaking hilarious. It's, it's which is on accurate. point. It's, it's accurate. on point. Question: What do you think about Tyler Perry stuff? Like, I, I admire him. I'm a fan of like the old movie bosses and you know MGM and all that stuff. And I really appreciate what he's doing. He's the first black movie mogul. But so I'm not a fan of his movies. I can watch a Medea movie here or there and it has nothing to do with him dressing like a woman like that can be funny I'm, I'm certainly fine with that I just think that 
a lot of times they don't feel as well made as they could be, especially now that he is really where he is. Mm -hmm. You could have such dope writers. When you look at shows like Insecure, Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country, um, you know, uh, the new Abbott Elementary, which is a, a new comedy show. I think it's on um, NBC or something. Anyway, there are all these really dope shows that are created, show ran, uh, black people in the writer's room, what have you, that is just really interesting. They're rich, they're full of texture, and I never get that from a Tyler Perry movie, even the ones that are supposed to be more serious. It's like you try a little bit, but you he always misses the mark for me, and I don't know if it's on purpose. It, it just feels a little hokey and, and fake. Yeah, his movies always seem real church basement. Well, they are, you know, a lot of them have yeah. that, that his base is the church, right? Mm -hmm. And they, you know, they did those, uh, what they call them, Chitlin Circuit yeah. uh, plays that go around. And so there's that, but why can't that be high quality? Why can't that feel Oscar winning? Well, see, you know what, I, I, his movies don't bother me. His TV shows bother the hell out of me. And I've not really watched any of them They're because I, I can already tell that I'm just not going to like it. Yeah, my thing is if you have to have a laugh track, you're not doing real humor. And I don't watch anything with a laugh track. You're yeah. not going to tell and me what a laugh track. all of his stuff has a laugh track. And I, I just think, you know, it's the kind of stuff that um, older black folks howl at. You know, oh, that's so funny. You know, no, it's not funny. You, just, you know, it's just, it's typical. It's, it's And I don't like slapstick either. I've never yeah. been a fan of slapstick comedy by anybody. So, you know, Tyler Perry, more power to him. I, I'm so glad I love that you, Tyler. He's, he's being really... Uh, um, consistent with his work and it seems to work for him so you can't knock that it's just not for me did you see don't look up no but it's on my list to see because that is right in the wheelhouse of the work that we do yeah. um around climate climate justice mm -hmm. and, and environmental justice and re reproductive justice but no i haven't seen it he's really he's actually you know he's an actor in it yeah because he but he didn't have anything to do with like the production no no and, and that's the sad part because it's exactly what you're talking about and yeah, I would like to see something like that from him, but I also don't want to put too much on the brother. Like, you know, you got to be something different than what you have made the success likes, of. That's yeah. what he likes. Um, okay, let's move on to more messiness. What? Black man melting down. Can we talk about Kanye West? <laughs> Pete Davidson has been spotted with a hickey. Which? What do you think about hickeys? Um, I'm too old. Are you though? I don't know. I mean, as long as you can't see it, I'm not about to get on a Zoom call. <laughs> With a, with a giant make-out hickey on my neck. I think that would I just think it look would add another level, another element to your, you know, layer to you. Looking looking like a, um, a, a slutty McSlut. Going slut. to that Euphoria high. <laughs> <laughs> we were watching Euphoria, and then we were making out. <laughs> right before we had sacrifices or whatever they do on that show, I could not they watch just the show. Drug. They just, them kids doing a lot of drugs, a lot of drugs. But anyway, Kanye. So this is actually my opinion. I think it's all very fake. I think the whole thing is fake. I think him and, and Kim breaking up is fake. I think that this Pete Davidson added to it, like it's fake. Maybe he's not, maybe Pete's not in on it. He's probably not. But <laughs> I feel like... The devil like, and his mistress have hatched a plan and I he's think so. underling. <laughs> I think so. I really, truly believe that, you know, Kanye is um, different and maybe a narcissist and all these different maybe. things. But I think that because he's not been this public about anything for so long mm -hmm. and he's been so in hiding, but now there's a new documentary out, which is not all, um, someone else Donda did the two documentary. For $200. But, but it's on Netflix and it's actually pretty good. I've only seen the first episode, but 
I just think that the way that they're they've been seen and caught arguing with each other and they're back That's and forth unusual. about it's all unusual to me and it all feels like a giant publicity stunt for something. And I don't so this is why I don't get involved when people are talking about um, you know, that he's abusive and everything to Kim. I think it's all a charade. Yeah. The whole thing. I you know, if it turns out to be bravo to you, I just don't I can't see the links that they're going through. Like she's in court Why talking not? about, please let me divorce this man, and he's Why like, not? I'm not letting her go. I don't know. Didn't I, they? Didn't they have a um, a fake break in or something happen with a lot of jewels or uh, something? Sweet. Do you remember no, that? No, she was kidnapped. Oh, oh and, she was kidnapped. Yeah, too? that was. I, oh, was that real? As a, as a Kim Kardashian stan, I totally think that was real, and she stopped talking about all her jewelry and stuff after that, um, but. I think you know it's funny because I didn't I I have never thought of this as being staged or faked. A whole I just thing. think it's weird. Sp- she has spent her whole adulthood in a reality show, her mm. whole entire adulthood, and her family's. Her mama's probably the one uh, <laughs> got the storyboards in the back room. So okay, now you're gonna do this, and then we're gonna okay, show you're so gonna show it, up in Paris, and you're gonna be angry and cry, and he's gonna be like niggas in Paris. <laughs> Next question then, what would you do for a Birkin bag? Did you see how he, like, five Birkin bags or something like that for, like, the girl who he was in the he, middle? These are, this is product placement. It's product uh, placement in the whole charade. And Pete Davidson is just, I don't know, white trash along for the ride. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> he, he must wake up every day and, like, I guess wait for his script or something. Because I really never thought of this is fake. But now that you mention it, I can see where it might be. A the bit. whole thing. But the documentary seems pretty dope. So I mean, I'm going to finish it and we can talk about that uh, maybe okay. on another episode. But, you know, I got to get off this stoop. Get off the stoop. Girl, some street lights about to come on. Right. I can get my ass <laughs> in the house. Right. I'm coming, Grandma. <laughs> Play Cousins is powered by Make It Work Nevada, a project of Tides Advocacy. Produced by Erica Washington and Brenda Wee Want to learn more about Play Cousins? Visit www.playcousinspodcast.com.